welcome to our ancient future story, Navigating Scripture Through the Eyes of Family, where I share with you biblical stories like a family member would share a story around a dinner table. As children of God, we are a part of God's family, and His family story has a lot of history. Each week, we will take one story and talk about it, the cultural, historical, geographical, and sociological impacts. We will be looking at these stories from the perspective of our ancestors, through the lens of ancient times, in hopes of learning more about our family. This is our Ancient Future Story. Welcome back to our Ancient Future Story. I'm Vic, and I am so excited to continue our story of Ruth and Naomi. Today we will dive into the relationship between Ruth and Boaz. We will discover their growing relationship based on admiration and extraordinary kindness, which ultimately leads to a proposal which paves the way for Ruth and Naomi's redemption. So sit back, grab your cup of coffee or something to drink, and you're ready to hear part three of the story of Ruth. When we left off last time, Boaz was extending an overwhelming amount of kindness towards Ruth. He had told her to not only glean in his fields because he was going to protect her, But he promised he would personally make sure that his men didn't hurt her and ensured that she would left every day with more than enough food for her and Naomi. So Ruth was faithful throughout the barley and harvest season. She got up every day and went to Boaz's fields to glean with the young women of his house. One day, as Ruth was about to leave for the fields of Boaz, Naomi stops her and asks, Are we going to avoid this forever? Boaz is our family redeemer. It's his turn to keep watch of the barn tonight. So dress up, put on some perfume, and go to him. Wait until everyone, including Boaz, has fallen asleep. Then sneak in and uncover his feet, lie down, and then he will tell you what to do. Naomi was seriously trying to ship Boaz and Ruth. Okay, not really. But she was trying to create a situation for them to have a conversation about the family redeemer. After gleaning in the fields, Ruth went home, got dressed up, put on perfume, and went back to the barn. She arrived a little early as Boaz and his workers were eating and drinking, so she stayed hidden until they all went to bed. After making sure everyone was asleep, she snuck over to where Boaz was sleeping, uncovered his feet, and lay down, just as Naomi had instructed her. At midnight, Boaz was startled awake and saw a woman lying at his feet. It was dark, and he was unsure of who it was. Ruth sees him staring at her and says, It's me, Ruth. Taking a deep breath and channeling her mother-in-law, she asks, Are we going to avoid this forever? You are my family redeemer. Make me officially a part of your family on behalf of my late husband. Shock and horror filled Boaz's heart as he says, You have shown greater kindness to me than to Naomi, because you have not chosen to marry someone else, but... Unfortunately, I am not the one who can redeem you. I must go into town and make a plea on your behalf. If the true Redeemer decides to take responsibility, so be it. But if not, I will gladly redeem you and welcome you into my family. 
Ruth stayed the rest of the night in the barn, but got up before sunrise so that no one would recognize her. As she was leaving, Boaz gave her six scoops of barley and sent her back to her mother-in-law. As soon as the morning light began to arise above the horizon, Boaz made his way into town. When Ruth arrived home, Naomi was waiting eagerly by the door, saying, Tell me, my daughter, what did he say? Ruth anxiously explained all that transpired the night before. Naomi told her, Just be patient, for Boaz will not rest until this is settled today. And that's the end of our story. Boaz was on his way into town while Ruth and Naomi's future hang in the balance. But it's not over. Next time, we will conclude our story and see how and if Boaz redeems them. Our story today takes place on Boaz's land specifically on the threshing floor, where he was keeping watch over the harvest. It was a common practice to have a rotation of people keep watch over what had been harvested during the harvest season. This was a precaution used to keep thieves from stealing and what the workers had gathered. The threshing floor is typically located in the, the central bay of the barn. It was a circular stone pit used to separate wheat stalks from the grain, Harvesters would use a donkey or an ox and attach a threshing board for the animal to drag behind them. The animal would then walk in a circle with its handler and the stalks would begin to break apart as they walked on them over and over again. However, if a farm did not have a donkey or an ox, they would achieve this same goal by hitting the stalks of wheat against the stone. This act is called threshing. Once the threshing process is complete, one would take the grain and make bread with it. And because of its location in the barn, this would be the perfect place for someone who was keeping watch overnight to sleep because they would be able to see if any robbers or thieves decided to come into the barn in the middle of the night. Thus, we find Boaz sleeping on the threshing floor. If you grew up in church, you have probably heard this story a few times, or at least parts of the story a few times. But there are two main points I think are interesting to help shape our context of this story. We are going to take a closer look at them in this section. Number one, uncovering Boaz's feet. Was it a proposal or a scandal? This is highly debated amongst scholars, so we will go through both options and you can decide for yourself which one it was. Let's start with the proposal idea. When Ruth comes to see Boaz, her intent is a non-sexual act. She's uncovering his literal feet as a way to express trust, honor, and total submission, like a servant with their master. She is putting herself in an inferior position, which puts her in a seemingly vulnerable place. Ruth and Naomi are only scraping by because of the overwhelming kindness of this man. And by Ruth uncovering his feet, she is proposing that he take it upon himself to redeem them through marriage. But on the other hand, this could have been perceived as a serious scandal. Not only because Boaz was likely already married and have a young woman come to him in the middle of the night when no one was around already did not look good. But then she uncovered his feet. 
Now, this point of view takes the understanding that to, quote, uncover someone's feet, end quote, is a euphemism to uncovering his genitals. Meaning, if we take that understanding that this is a scandalous act of a young woman coming to Boaz in the middle of the night with the intent to sleep with him. If, if they were caught in this position, she would have been stoned. And if they didn't stone him also, at the very least, he would have lost his credentials and credibility in Bethlehem. So Ruth was going to see Boaz with a risk she knew she had to take. If someone had caught her, it was all over. But if she managed to uncover him without getting caught, she had a chance to be redeemed. Which one is correct? Well, that depends on how you interpret it. I think there is a fair argument on both sides. But in either case, we see her unwavering devotion to Naomi. Which brings us to number two, Ruth's greater kindness. Boaz tells Ruth this act of kindness is greater than her previous act of kindness. Which begs the question, what was her first act of kindness? Ruth's decision to leave her homeland of Moab and follow her mother-in-law to a land she didn't know with a language she didn't speak, with a God she just met, was her first act of kindness. This is what originally impressed Boaz. Instead of going back to her family's house and waiting to be wed again, she never left Naomi's side and chose life as a widow. But now Boaz is saying her willingness to give up her chance to marry a man closer to her age and go after a well-established man to redeem her so that Naomi will be taken care of also is an even greater kindness than leaving her homeland. The Hebrew word for kindness that Boaz is using here to describe Ruth is hesed, which means the unwavering devotion between a superior to an inferior, especially when undeserved. He is putting her in the superior seat and putting Naomi in the inferior seat. Again, we see that Boaz is in awe of Ruth's devotion to Naomi. Which brings us to a very important question. Did Ruth go after Boaz out of duty or out of love? I don't know about you, but in my Sunday school classes growing up, I was always taught that the story of Ruth and Boaz was a true love story. But looking at their story through this context, I think there is an argument for a marriage out of duty. Ruth's responsibility for Naomi ties back to the oath she made in chapter 1. Ruth had a promise with Naomi to be with her forever. She had tied herself to her. So whatever decisions Ruth was going to make about marriage was undoubtedly going to affect Naomi. However, it is equally important to note that Naomi had a hand in the marriage proposal. As the matriarch of the family now, it was her duty and responsibility to ensure the family line continues for her late husband, Elimelech. She knew the family tree. She knew Boaz was the close relative. She knew Boaz had been providing for them. So she told Ruth exactly what to do, making Naomi the true mastermind behind the whole thing. All of these things considered, it makes a fair argument for duty over love. It was Naomi's duty to arrange the marriage between Boaz and Ruth. It was Ruth's duty to Naomi to follow her instruction and propose to Boaz. And it was Boaz's duty to redeem both Ruth and Naomi. Now, could they have fallen in roll up? Possibly. But the common theme through the story is the cultural pressure to preserve the family line. So how does all of this point to Jesus? Again, Jesus is our Redeemer. 
Today we're going to talk about the qualifications of a Redeemer and how Jesus fills all of them. There are four qualifications of a kinsman Redeemer. These can be found in Leviticus 25 as well as throughout the entire book of Ruth. Number one, must be the nearest relative. Number two, must be able to redeem and not need redemption themselves. Number three, must be willing to redeem. And number four, redemption is complete when the price is paid in full. Jesus, as our Redeemer, meets and exceeds all of these requirements. Number one, the nearest relative. So you may have to say, how can Jesus be the nearest relative? He lived 2,000 years ago. True, but though coming to earth as a human and living a perfect life, he was able to connect two worlds, humanity and the divine. In doing so, we were adopted into God's family and therefore co-heirs with Christ and as co-heirs brothers and sisters, which makes him our nearest relative. Number two, able to redeem. Jesus owns everything. He even says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, He redeemed us by giving up his own life. Number three, willing to redeem. He willingly and knowingly went to the cross. He knew what he would have to endure to buy us back, but he willingly did it. Mark 10:45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And lastly, number four, a price paid in full. Through his own blood shed, Jesus died, paying the full price of sin, which is death. By giving his own life, he died the death we deserve to die, and he arose again full of love for you and me. It is finished. We are redeemed, and we belong to God. Before we go, I want to close our time together by reading the scripture from which our story comes today in Ruth chapter 3. I hope that as you listen to this chapter being read, that you embrace all that we have learned, and that this passage will be illuminated for you. Then her mother-in-law said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself. Put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and was drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid down. At midnight the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after a young man which 
whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a Redeemer, yet there is a Redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then, as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before anyone could recognize another. And he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, Bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me. He said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn of how this matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle this matter today. Thank you for listening to today's episode of our Ancient Future Story. I hope that you really enjoyed it. This episode was written and produced by Vic Carmen. Music is Embarking on an Adventure by Evan McDonald. Please support the show by subscribing and rating us. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Our Ancient Future Story. See you next time. Bye!